In this episode of uh, Audiovisual Terrorism, we talk about a short film that we made called Sacred and Profane Faceless Jacks. This is kind of a cool podcast because there's actually four of us. It's uh, Joe, Omar, Yusuf, and myself. Now, Yusuf had come to town for the Coney Island Film Festival because Baron Saturday of Coney Island, the latest film that we had made with Yusuf, was having its world premiere at the Coney Island Film Festival. And so he came into town to support the film and to hang out. And uh, this is the first of four podcasts that we did in one night just before Yusuf left, like the last night. Like literally when we finished recording these podcasts, he left town like, I don't know, three hours later. (laughs) So it was a long night for us. But the first project that we got together and worked on together was Sacred and Profane Faceless Jacks. It was a piece that we had shot in Las Vegas and uh, it went to a few different small festivals and took, uh, I think, two or three awards. I think it took three awards. And so this is Yusuf, Joe, Omar and myself talking about Sacred and Profane Faceless Jacks, which you can check out on Vimeo. Um, I think it I think it's one of those films that we allow people to see. We don't allow everybody to see everything. I mean, if you want to see something, just shoot us an email and we'll send you a password. But um, yeah, check it out. Oh, we're rolling. Rolling. Now we're Are we rolling? Yeah, now we're rolling. We're rolling. So, uh, we're sitting here with Yusuf. Hello. Hello, we. Uh, I met Yusuf on Facebook, right? We met through uh, Henrik Parisian publication online. A hundred thousand poets for change was the thing that's that struck me. Oh, okay. And then I was a part of that. Okay. And then Henrik had, and from that, it was Tsunami Books that was doing the hundred thousand poets for change. Yes. And he tsunami, did some great graphics for that. Right, and Tsunami Books, is it? A real publishing or just a website? It's a philosophy, man. It's just a yeah. whole kind of a mental it was Henrik. domain. Yeah. It was just Henrik. So there's this guy, Henrik, who ran this Facebook page? I guess it was a Facebook no, page. No, he had an independent uh, website where he posted Yeah, he had poetry. a website, but it was also like a... But on the Facebook page, it was just Tsunami Press. Sure. Yeah. 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 And then he had a webpage and he would give... Poets he liked a page. Yeah. With some, some stuff that they had written. So he gave me one. So he asked he, he asked you for one? He asked you if you wanted to He contribute. gave me one. Yeah. He asked me, well, I wanted to participate. Yeah. And then he asked, then he asked me to give him something to put up. And he put it up. And I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this is kind of cool. It looks great, yeah. And then I tripped over you. Yeah, I just friended you because you were in it. For some reason, I thought what you wrote was cool. And I, I don't... Did I friend you? You friend me? I don't even remember. I, don't I remember. didn't talk to you for years. I didn't even talk to you. There's no reason no. to talk to you. No. Uh, I don't. I don't. When did? What was the first conversation? It's like two years later. Two years. Three years later. And then you put yeah. out an all call because you said you guys had finished oh, a that's film. What, yeah, okay. We're, we're like, right. You guys so, had finished a film. Now I remember. Yes. So what happened and was it's Omar, and I'm seeing. You know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So now what happens is so. Joe. Joe and I are trying to figure out, we're going to try and buy some equipment. Problem is that Jeff. Akers. Jeff, Jeff Akers, a cinematographer, is kind of a pain in the ass when it comes to gear. 
He's real fucking stickler, right? Because that's just who he is. So he, so we said, let's go to NAB, which is the National Association of Broadcasters. And what they do is they have this convention and it takes place in Las Vegas. Now, I like going to Vegas because it's cheap. I mean, you can eat cheap, you can fly cheap, you can stay cheap. So Joe and I, it was you and me at Jeff, first? Yeah. No, you, Jeff, and Joe. It was just me, Jeff, and Joe, yeah. us three. And then Omar and Sam, you guys came like two days later. Hmm. Yeah, after your convention. Right. So we got to we went to the convention with Jeff because we were looking into buying some gear and everything that we were looking into buying steady cam, right? We were looking to buy a You wanted one of those jackets with the you know, one of those No, that was that was we saw that later. The the exoskeleton the exoskeleton. Like Iron Man? I wanted no, what I really wanted was I was trying to we were trying to figure out Movie Ronin or Letus. Right, Helix. you wanted to get a gimbal, yeah, for the Oh, a gimbal, okay. Right? Now we got it. And so, and then we were also thinking about the Kane TV. And we saw the Kane TV, so, the, so around this time, gimbals were like four, five grand for a red, to, to hold the weight of a red, right? And so we were like, well, if we're going to drop five grand, we need to know... What, is this worth it? I mean, right. is this going to work? Because you still have to have a lot of upper body strength to carry this thing around. It's like... You can only carry this for so long. And like the problem, the problem too is that when you go to buy this gear, you can't. You can't there's nowhere to go to go hang out and and you know be hands on yeah. with it, right? Except it and then use it in their booth. Well, no, but you but that was fine. Like like if you you could see all this stuff online, but you had to buy it online, you, or or you go to B and H. But even at B and H, it was always behind. You know, you can't walk around. You can't walk around with. It. You can't put your camera on it. You can't put a camera on it. See what it's like. Hold it. Feel how the build is and all that other stuff. So that's what we went to do. So we went, and we took Jeff, and so you you're, you're at this high tech conference in Las Vegas to figure out what kind of equipment you can strap to Jeff. <laughs> Yeah. And, what, and, what, and what he's going to be willing to have strapped to his body for like seven hours a day. So it's funny that you say that. Because well, I've seen it. I've seen the results. <laughs> and he wears that shit. No, that. No, okay. So, so there was a cheap version of the of the of the gimbal from a Chinese company called Kane TV, and they had a booth. Remember, they had a booth yeah. at at. Uh, at NAB, and we went over there. And we're like, this one's like seven hundred bucks. And then we went over there and we looked at it, and we were like, oh, that's why this is this is why it's seven hundred bucks. Like we it's very, would, it's very clear now. We got we would have gotten caught out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We would have gotten caught out there. Like this all makes sense. Yeah. And then <laughs> then we went to the Ronin, and we went to the movie, and they were like four and five grand a pop. And I thought at that time the the one we need is the the Letus Helix. It was a beautiful piece of machinery. It was really nice. It was small. It was very compact. Right. That was the thing that I liked about it. I was and it had really nice. uh, what four, four four accesses as opposed to three accesses. Yeah. And, you know, it was a four access gimbal. Anyway, Omar and Sam fly out like two days later. So we had brought the Red Epic with us to shoot something, and so we were like, "Fuck it, let's go shoot something!" Right. And um, 
Omar and Sam get there. They land. And what did we do? Did we go? Did we go on? We walked the floor. Did you guys walk the floor with us no, real quick? No, we went and we got the Jeep from the rental yeah. spot. We got the Jeep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first shot was of the Jeep in the, the dry. The desert. Yeah. The right. Dry, in the dry the lake. Dry lake. Yeah. yeah. Out in um, Boulder City. Or just outside of Boulder yeah. City in in out of Vegas. A little while out of Vegas. And so... So in true fashion, you land... You go get the vehicle, build the camera, start shooting with no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what we're doing with this. It's just start shooting something. Like this yeah. is an AVT production. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you shoot uh, No Way Home? The same place. Well, uh, some, a lot of the same places. It, but it wasn't the same time. No, uh, that, No Way like Home we shot years. 2010. Uh, Sacred and Profane, what, would be, what we were shooting in Vegas now in 2015... What we're, the project we're talking about is sacred and profane. Yeah. So these guys got there, right? And this is this is I'm really privileged about this. I really have to say that I'm really privileged in that these guys fly. We go. Let's go to Vegas. We get the dates all settled. We do it. We drop it. We we fly out there, and these guys get there, and they go. Mm. Um, what are we doing anyway? Mm. I'm just just like what like. What what is the what are we shooting? And I'm like I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. All, the only thing that comes to mind are these two words, sacred and profane. And I and the only thing that I'm thinking about is we go out and shoot in the desert during the day. That's the sacred part, and the profane part we shoot in like downtown Vegas at night. And they were like, okay, and it's like. That's a privilege, because like I don't know how many people would be like, you don't have a script, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know anything. Why am I going out to do this project? I have no clue. And these guys were like, yeah, let's fucking do it. We had a blast when we did No Way Home. Let's go do it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but No Way Home actually had a script. Yeah, we started shooting that. An here. intense and philosophical yeah. script. Really enjoyed that. That was amazing. Yeah. And we had shot. We had did. We did start shooting that in New York. And then, and then it became we, Vegas. Yeah, and then it. Yeah, and then we grew into Let's Go Out to Vegas. Right. And shoot again. Right. But the but the thing was that with No Way Home, I had just written a bunch of dialogue, and then there weren't any scenes. Like there were scenes, but it was really just a bunch of dialogue with these three characters. And then there were no visuals that I had like predetermined. It was just a matter of finding interesting places to go shoot something against the backdrop of these. I don't know, the one image that always came up even from the beginning was always the one of the three of us exiting the, the three yes yes that me was, too that's deep in my brain that was oh, always yeah. that was that's because, amazing that was like the one image you because had. I had written this poem so No Way Home I had written this poem a long time ago about two poets who are competing who have a friend in the car and this was an idea that I wanted to shoot with Omar me and Resistor and the whole thing was we were going to be driving somewhere out in the country on an empty road and I would state a few lines of a, some bizarre poem mm-hmm. and then Omar would respond with some bizarre poem and then I would respond and we would go back and forth two or three times and then we'd pull the car over and then everybody would get out 
and walk in completely different directions, right? And that was the film. That was the idea that I had initially. That I had when I and I, when I wrote that poem, I was like, "Oh, this would be cool." That's how I had visualized it. So I never used that poem that I had written. I just re- wrote this other thing, and the only concept I had, yes, was all the characters at some point in time on an empty country road would get out of the car and walk away from each other in separate directions, right? And that was the only thing that I had in my mind. But other than that, there was no other visuals that I had. It was just winging it, whatever. For sacred and profane, you guys get in a similar Jeep, head toward a desert you don't even know where, and you pull off the fucking... Can we... Yeah, curse in this of uh, podcast. It's, just, it's marked explicit, man. Go yeah, ahead. So Let it all out. We get it's out of your visual fucking terror. So we get out of the fucking Jeep and you stumble. The serendipity is like miraculous. Let me tell you something. Hold on a second. What? So that night that these guys fly in, they fly in that afternoon. We get the Jeep and we're fucking kind of disappointed because the first time we got the Jeep, you could take the top off. And that was cool. Because we could do a lot of shots where they were driving and you could see everybody in the car. Like trying to shoot a car with people inside of it is really difficult. Reflections, shadows, light, it's just a nightmare, right? Uh, But if you can pull the top off, hey, you're good. So when we did No Way Home, we got a Jeep where you could take the top off. Mm -hmm. When we did Sacred and Profane, I don't know what happened, but... They fucking bolted everything down, right? So we were like, "Fuck!" I could, I could just see the guy over there, and then I know what you want. Then, 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 then. Yeah, it was fucked. So you crank down on this extra hard. <laughs> it's a hard top. But you're never getting it off. Man. Yeah, no, they had literally bolted it like down, right? And we were like, technically, we could have taken it off. But, but we had no place to keep the yeah, hard top. Where were we going to put it? Like, that's yeah, the whole thing. It's like, mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? No, but I mean like in the hotel or no, something. Like, like leave it in the parking lot. We'd come back and be gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we get the Jeep. We're like, fuck it. Okay, that's the nature of the beast. The the hard top is locked on. Do we get one? We got two Jeeps. No, we had one. And he had a Ford Wrangler. Yeah. And we had like a, a Dodge Durango or yeah. something like that that we were working out of. Really? Yeah. yeah. Production was working it out. It was an SUV, terrain. but it wasn't a Jeep. Yeah. I mean, we made sure to get to... That's weird, because... So I was driving the Jeep when we came back? That's weird. Yeah. We drove... We drove... Because we we turned in one of those cars, dude. Remember? We turned in was, the Jeep was, before we came back. No, no, no. There was... We had... We initially had rented two cars, and that thing that I was driving was a boat. And I didn't want to drive it. It was I, a Durango. I could have sworn that we sent it not. I think it was a Dodge Durango. It was a gigantic sh- uh, freaking Chevy. Yeah, it was Tahoe. a Chevy. It was white. I remember. It was gigantic. Oh, and I, I was I like, I'm not Oh, this I thing. think it was like a... It wasn't like a Silverado, was it? Whatever the hell it was, it was slow and, we, and it had a fat Yeah, 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 and it was, and was big. Like, yeah, yeah. I just... Yeah, not, it was just big for the I'm sake of I'm going to crash into but something. Then we, but then we changed it for the Dodge Durango. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a black Dodge Durango. Right, so for Proudy Placement, we're going out to Jeep and Dodge, right? <laughs> right. Yes. And Facebook, because you mentioned Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So we go to the dry lake. I heard that there was a dry lake bed. So I said, fuck it, let's go up, find this dry lake bed undo it right let's shoot it out in the dry lake bed we shot it out in the dry lake bed we shot until sun went down and then 
that was that day was unforgettable. That day was unforgettable. Most days that I shoot are unforgettable. Like I can remember every practically every single day that I shoot. I may need to have my memory jogged, but once it's once I'm locked into the day, I'm good. That's why shooting is so amazing. You can't forget those days, right? But this day was really special. Everything fucking worked in. I mean, outside of our initial hiccup where we couldn't get the fucking the hard Take top the off. Out. Yeah. We couldn't get the hard top off. Outside of that hiccup, everything else was beautiful. The sun was perfect. There was nobody out in the dry lake bed. We were shooting. We were able to get a lot of good stuff. And then we went to that diner. Oh, first we did the car wash, no? Then we yeah. shoot the car wash. Did we do the car we wash the first? Car wash. We did. Okay, we did the car wash. Then we went. Then I saw this old car wash. No, that, the car wash was it was dark already. That That's had to dark. be after the. That had shows. to be after we ate. Yeah, it was after we ate. I think it was after we ate because you guys were hungry. You'd come off the flight, you ate on the flight, but then we shot and everybody's hungry, so we went to the diner. In Boulder City, Nevada. That was great. And we were the only ones there. We sat outside. And it was a perfect fucking night. I can't emphasize how perfect this fucking night was. Like, it sticks in my mind how perfect that night is. The food was good. The service was fantastic. Nobody bothered us. We just fucking sat there and closed the joint. The people who were inside were like uh, cleaning up and whatnot, and they just left us alone, just to chill. We, but it was, it was a beautiful night. You could see the stars because we were Not out like in the middle this. of a fucking desert. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and the food was good, and we got good stuff, and we were, yeah, it was just, it doesn't get any better. It just didn't get any better. And then after that. We found a car wash, the kind of car wash that you like you, you wash it yourself. You toss up some quarters into a machine and it gives you the hose it down to hose it down, right? Yeah. And it was perfect because because of the, the sign. The sign. <laughs> <laughs> what that sign say? The sign says no dry lake mud. <laughs> oh. And I was like, that's exactly what you had. And we shot the sign on purpose. I got something for you. <laughs> and I had Jeff shoot the sign in the dark and then I had Omar pull in so that the headlights like wiped the sign and he pulled in and we shot him cleaning the Jeep because at the time I think we were thinking about trying to pitch Jeep yeah that was part of part of the intention part of the intention shoot. and part of the reason why he wanted a Jeep was to shoot stuff around the car and maybe pitch it to, to Jeep Right, because it was going to be their 100th anniversary or something like that. Yeah. No, it was the 100th anniversary of... The National Parks. The right? National Parks. And we were trying to pitch Jeep to have us go out, drive around in the National Parks. Pay us to go fuck around in their car and yeah. shoot it. And shoot it. In all the National Parks. Yeah. Not just all the National Parks. <laughs> not just some National Parks. <laughs> all the National Parks. Right. So this was like the grand scheme um, that's so we, the profane part. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely yeah. the profane yeah. part. Yeah, there was nothing sacred about that whatsoever. There's a lot of profanity after we figured out, no, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> the fucking front wheel was moving around. Like this. <laughs> not really? Yeah. Oh my so, God. 
we we you, you can pitch cheap that shot like the real wild boy. You try to ruin us. <laughs> you can just sit down. <laughs> Ignore that. It's a rental. Now, how about how about when we're up in the going over the rocks? There was like a couple places where you guys took the the cars up, and I was like, "Yo, man, if we break an axle oh, up here, oh yeah, if we break an axle up, I mean, this looks this looks rugged. This would look good in a pitch to Jeep, but if yeah. you break an axle, we're gonna look like a damn fool." Then you realize that a lot of those cars are like pre-rigged for shots like that. Anyway, yeah, you know, like, but definitely. But the thing going too, up there without a real kid. Yeah. <laughs> you got a suspension kit on your gun. Without a no real way. precision driver. Um, but we shot this whole film at. And the essentially, we didn't do any early morning stuff this time. That's no. sacred and profane. No. You, we, we did some time lapse, but that was it. We did and a time lapse in the evening. Yeah, well, but but great. everything we shot was like after we didn't get out to the desert till like two o'clock. Yeah, come on, we didn't leave till like two o'clock. First off, we got we got to go have breakfast and bullshit for at well, least, we were fucking at here, least bro. two hours, three hours. I mean, there's 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 like there's like a two hour video that I think that you yeah, shot at the other diner at the hotel in the hotel yeah. in the diner. We're going on. Wait a minute! Did you on. have homeboy in that? With the dude from the dude from the dude from Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy. So we're having this long philosophical argument about the value of art and the value of the artist and how CEOs should be handing you money for doing your thing. Yeah, and how how money people should just give <laughs> you money and shut the fuck up and stay the fuck out of the way. It's always been my philosophy, right? Because they don't. They don't. They don't know what they're doing. No, no, no. But they don't tell them that. They've got. They've got a pile of money. Yeah. You know exactly what you're doing. You've got a pile of money. I'm going to tell you now. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, and you should just give us money and shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you've got great taste because you selected me for the job. Yes. You know exactly what you're doing because you put us, the responsible team, in charge of your mission. <laughs> Keep the money flowing, and you've got the you great, you've the got the right man. idea. You've got you the right the idea, guys. I would just tell them you got a great idea. Let's go. We're going to go do it. Uh, we'll come back with... Uh... Remember the Duplass brothers? Nobody knew what the fuck they were doing either. No. But so we had this really long... So this dude who was in... Who was sitting was next in Game to of Thrones. He, no, he used to rent equipment to Game of Thrones. That was his connection. But he came over and he was like, I'm a producer. I was a producer on... What was the movie? In Bruges. Uh, with... Uh, Gleason and uh, Colin, what's his Colin name? Farrell. Colin Farrell. So he was a producer, associate, or something, whatever. Mm. Anyway, he came. Mm. He tried to settle it for us, mm. and and Sam was fucking with him because he like he had like um, I don't know, he had like beautiful Farrah Fawcett hair. It was like yeah, he had wings in it too. Yeah, it, it was like you know, you remember? No, it wasn't Sam. That was me. No, no, Sam. No, I think it, no. Remember, it was Sam. Sam was like the dude was like deep in like trying to settle our our argument, and Sam was like, "Your hair is fantastic," and dude. Stop dead in his tracks. Nah, dude, that was me. That wasn't Sam. That was you? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Sam. It sounds like something Joe would do. <laughs> <laughs> he stopped in dead in his tracks and he was like, your hair is fantastic. And dude was like, he, yeah, he, he, he went right into it. fuck up. <laughs> no, he, I, like, he went right into it, man. He was like, I'm not in your yeah, camp, you know, bro. blah, 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 oh, so on and so forth. Yeah. He was really proud of his hair. You could tell. You could so tell. So he's like, dog? Remember dog? 
No, no, no. He's not the like No, 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 no. No, no, no. This was like no, straight. This, this is this is Farrah Fawcett. He's more like a he's like Trump's Baywatch. cousin. This guy, like yeah, oh, okay. him and Trump have the same hairdresser. Like somebody who clearly is worried about his hairline and not mm-hmm. looking, oh. <laughs> not having a bad hair day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he spent way too much coiffing, much too much time coiffing himself. So Joe threw him off his whole game, and he went into this whole like. Oh yeah, my hair, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. But we have it. I think we have it all on video. <laughs> we got <laughs> the hair talk. Yeah, we, yeah. Listen, listen, hair tutorial. It's you, a it's fucking tutorial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just put that on, on man. Yeah. guys. Yeah. Switch needs to see this. I'm just telling you, man. Like, just come on. Product placement there. So, so we would like bullshit for hours at breakfast. And then go out and, and shoot. Go, yeah, there is a sunset. Oh, there is a sunset. <laughs> there is a sunset. I know. I saw. Or yes, is it yeah, a yeah, sunset. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that, that was every day. Mm-hmm. Every day we go out and we mm-hmm. shoot. And you were also on that whole like uh, trying to just shoot at Magic Hour too. Yeah, right. I was playing. I was playing Terrence Malick. Yeah, but there was some of that light in those shots. That yeah, I saw, ended up. Yeah, seeing, but the thing was like great. the thing was like. I learned, so we killed ourselves on No Way Home. Like, we were up before the fucking sun was. We were yeah, out there at, like, that. 7 o'clock like, in the morning. I don't want to be there until it's 2 o'clock at least. We had, and we, we had shot. Being out there under that sun is But, but on No Way Home, we not. shot from sun up to sun down. Yeah, we had full shooting days on that. You know what I mean? And... <laughs> It was it was rough. The color of your cast is gonna change during the shooting. <laughs> I mean, they're like, were they more bronze than ten <laughs> seconds ago? Now they're pale again. Or? Um, but this one, because we had to shoot at night, the thing was to shoot late afternoon. Sun would set, then come back into town, shoot some stuff at at night, and then call it. I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, something like that. We'd call it. Was it that late? We call it at like midnight, 12, 31. Yeah, usually be eating at 12 or 1. Right, because we'd come back out of the desert. It would be 8.30. Some of that also wasn't, uh, that was out of necessity a couple of days. Remember that one night that the hotel was shut down, police? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't all our fault, man. I yeah. think there was, some of us were like, well, what the fuck are we going to do right. for two hours while they've got right. this place locked up looking for this guy? And I think at the time our batteries were dead, so we couldn't shoot anything. Exactly, this is nothing we could do. It was like eat yeah. or go. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. just okay. I guess we're eating. Yeah, oh, they, it, we got a lot of those situations because there's a yeah. whole there's a whole sequence in Sacred and Profane with cops all over the place when we drove oh, that's by right. like that's twice right. when we went in town. Yeah, I forgot about that. There we, was we uh, drove further downtown, situation. and there was some other situation. And it was like a fucking cop convention. That's where I was just like, yeah, I don't think I want to live in... Uh, no, this isn't for me. Nah. It's like, this it was is like... Cool to shoot here. Live here? Mm, I don't know. I remember we shot like out the window. of cops. Yeah, it was. It was like... <laughs> you know, it was really, really bad. But we would shoot late afternoon. When it, when it got too dark to shoot in the, in the desert, we came back. We usually grabbed something to eat. And then we shot at night. And usually until the batteries died, right? I mean, we were... Pretty much. It was just until... It was just a battery situation. You didn't, you didn't have the paddlings then. You hadn't gone out to London, right? You still had the red batteries at that time. That's right. Fuck, really? Yeah. This is before I have you doing. Holy shit. Wait a second. We shot Sacred and Profane 20 minutes at a time? <laughs> That's fucking... No, no, it can't be. That's no way. We had to get... We had to have you batteries. Sure? 
We shot more than 20 minutes at a time. No, I mean, the batteries that we had for the red were the red... Because you, you had two of the bigger ones. Oh, no, 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 no. Remember, when I first bought the camera, I had two, the two, two red XLs. Exactly. So I had the two and red that's XLs. That's you were charging. You had a converter, right. and you were charging. And we were converting and charging in the car. So that's you right. Have, yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. have the pack. No, 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 no. We didn't you have the pack. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. Because we had just gotten the camera. Because this is how it is that you were out of battery, bro. If you'd have had the pack links, you'd yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd probably still be there. Have you, have you ever burned through all four pack links? I don't think you ever have. You? I don't think so. I haven't seen it happen. Usually, you run out of cards before you run out of battery. That's true. That's true. But even when we've run out of cards, well, you can offload. We've downloaded. We the, point is, the point is, we weren't doing that when we were out there. Right. Right. We weren't going and, and downloading the cards. So I had the two red XL batteries. Yeah. And I had the four little red. Um, I don't the, know, the, the red volts. The red, red volts. The cups. Yeah. <laughs> Sippy cups. Cup batteries. This is like Fisher Price, my first battery. That's what those things are. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I don't want to speed you forward, but I mean, the petroglyphs, finding the petroglyphs was an accident, correct? Did you uh, know they were there? We didn't know. We didn't we don't we didn't we don't know anything. Right. We That's never amazing. But we never yeah, you know the funny no, thing is like when you hear shit like this, when other people say things like this, I'm like, fuck you, you knew it. But this is the truth. Like we really that it's that's just so totally cool. accidental. No, so what happened was we drove out to Valley of Fire one night, one afternoon we drove out to Valley of Fire, and they had like an area I had been to Valley of Fire two times before. And the place is big. The problem is like and I wanted to shoot this one area, which we've never shot. But you have to park and then hike it in. Yeah, you gotta walk out there. And that was not fun for my fan ass. That was like, that was, it was. It, there was no. There was this one area where we've never really shot there because the sand is really, really soft and mm -hmm. really fine. Yeah. And when the sand is really soft and fine, walk it's so just it's a carrying trust. gear. Yeah. It's just it's just a, it just kills you, right? It's just crushing. But so we've never shot good. there. But we found this other area. Where there was a little parking area and whatnot, and the stairs that went up, and there was actually stairs that went up to those petroglyphs. Okay, and that's where we were like, "What is this? Why?" And we Why just are thought, the stairs here. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because it's on the. There are these big. It's so bizarre. There are these big. Sort of like rock formations, right? Yeah, those are cool too. And there were these stairs that went up, and there was like a viewing platform to look out onto this like a plane. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A huge plane mm -hmm. and we thought that this platform we were like oh it's maybe i said jeff let's go just get like a landscapey shot because it's just open open big beautiful. there's like nothing Looking gorgeous <laughs> there's nothing man-made if you if you frame out the bottom of the, the sure. road sure there's nothing man-made there it's just all there and the so like a hundred thousand years ago that area of valley of fire used to be an ocean and that's why you've got these beautiful colors in all these different rocks from red to white to yellow to like green to blue. It's mostly red. A lot of it is just red. All these, you know, red rocks and white, like bleached white, wow. you know. And so but we, we just thought that it was just a platform to look out, you know, on this big valley. Mm -hmm. But it was actually like a double whammy. 
It was this big platform look out on the valley and also a place where these petroglyphs were. And then we saw the hole in the in the rock. There was like a hole in the face of this rock where you could climb over to the other side mm-hmm. of this rock formation. And that's when Omar was like, and they were like, do not climb. How do you not, though? You know, it was like just one of those... Like, yeah, I've never seen a sign that told me not to do something that I didn't immediately. But here's the best part. Do not press red button. Like, we're all dead. If that so the first time that we somebody. shot Valley of Fire, I didn't, when I, when we went out to shoot No Way Home and we shot Valley of Fire and we shot um, Red Rocks, the first time we did that, I went and got all the permits. I spoke to the Bureau of Land Management, the federal government, and got everything settled like I was when I got to when I did No Way Home I was like running around the moment I landed in Vegas I was running around doing paperwork and paying people and whatnot and so on and so forth and while we shot No Way Home I was like I could have fucking stole all this shit there's just nobody out here no right so when we went back for Sacred and Profane I was like fuck it I'm not going to get any permits there's nobody out here they don't have enough park rangers to go around fucking around figure out shit you know what I mean so uh, so we just tripped over the petroglyphs and that thing and we were just like and then when he right next to those petroglyphs is also that hole and the thing where he goes he's sitting in that hole in the rock but then what made that Beautiful. It wasn't just that there was a hole in the rock. What made it beautiful was that it was late afternoon mm-hmm. and the light was fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. And while I was debating whether or not we should do it, Jeff was setting up the camera. Right. Right. Omar had already climbed over. Like, right. I already know what's going to happen. <laughs> he was like, you know, we were just like, and at that point I was like, all right, you guys shoot. I'll watch. I'll look out. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, we got it because it was just, it was gorgeous. It was, because it's weird. It's a really weird space, right? Because it's like, you, you see, when you're on the other side of the rock, you're just like, this is, this just seems massive, like a mountain. Mm-hmm. And then there's a hole in it and you realize it's not that, it's not a mountain. It's just like a slab nice. that moves in and you on a hole and on the other side, there are more rock formations. And the, the sunlight just hit it perfectly. And then we went into the city and we shot some stuff in, the, in, in Vegas. And we got a lot of really cool stuff. And then I came back from Vegas. And the idea was I was going to take cut this film and then give the footage to a bunch of different poets to write something. Right. And then I was gonna cut <clears throat> different cuts for different cuts for each of the poems. Yeah, and I remember that part. And then I and that's when I contacted you. And I said, No, I don't know if you contacted me. You gave out an all call that I saw on Facebook, and I think I saw some pictures of it. And I, I cut something said, really rough. I don't care. I just saw what I saw, and I was like, I can get. I can do that. I can do something to that, and I've got stuff I've already written, and also, this is also, you know, bringing up some words, like inspiring. So I, was, I just put a general inspiring. call out, and you were the only one that do, came up. Oh, really? And I was, I was going to do it in a couple you know different why? languages, or... Yeah, you were going to do it in French, 
And in English. But you know why you're the only one who stepped up. Because I know my shit. <laughs> no, because we're fucking nobody. That's why. <laughs> had, had we been somebody and we'd put a call out for you to be in our movie, yeah. then, you know, it would have been a long line. Yeah, Ginsburg yeah. would have popped up on the ground. Yeah, you would have... <laughs> Fucking crawl out of hand up through the <laughs> with a microphone. <laughs> it would have been creeper. It would have been six fingers. Creeper. Um. Well, but yeah, you, and you were the only one who stepped up. And then Omar wrote something. I don't care. We actually recorded. I guess it. it was meant to be, right? I think so. It sounds fantastic. I, I heard his voice. I was like. Fuck me. Yeah. yeah. We're done. He Get him. He recorded it. And the first thing I said to everybody was like, yo, you got to hear this, dude. And he was like, everybody was like, why? And I'm like, dude, he's like a fucking cross between Johnny Cash and William Burroughs. <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, okay. And you laid it down and it was. That was it. It was Perfect. I don't care. I just like to work with people who inspire me. And if I can lay something down that inspires them, I'm like, fucking, that's the way to do it. And then the, the funny thing, too, work. is that you said, I got a poem that I have written. And so the question I have for you, which I'm not sure about, is, is the piece that you wrote, was it, was it a piece that you had already written? Or was it a piece that you had tweaked? Specifically for sacred and profane. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I I might have mixed in bits and pieces from other things that you, I had already written. You said to me, I have a poem called Faceless Jacks. Because I would be wrote perfect it for this. No, I wrote I wrote the poems. Your thing. I told you I've got this poem. It's called Faceless Jacks. That's what I called it. So called? You, I don't know when you I had the, know what you. I don't when know. you say you had the poem, you had it in your head. I had it on paper. I had it like. On paper ish, you know, the computer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, you know. No, I'm cu- Stop. Because I got yeah, the, this. The, Stop. The, Everyone else, you know, shut up. Because I got this fucker. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm The bones on. were there. You just need to put some flesh on it. Is that right. what it was? Right. But it's just watching the sh- footage, watching the character walking through. I had language that was appearing. I was like, yes, yes, this is the observer who sees this and then sees that and let's go back and forth and let's make it, you know, special. Because then you, you... And I do reference other poems that I've written before. Yeah, but okay. I do that all the time. But no, So that's, that's what I enjoyed about your work too is because you guys are referencing yourselves as well. And well, then yeah, you go forward. I know. Yeah. It's, come on, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, yeah. it's like, it kind of The works, same jacket, you know? the same jacket that Kelvin is wearing in No Way Home is the same jacket that Omar is wearing <laughs> in um, Aftermath Seeds of Armageddon. And then it's the same jacket that Wilson <laughs> is wearing in Baron Saturday of Cold Island. It's also the same jacket that I had Wilson wear in a video that I did for Kenny Bobian called Blessed where he plays an angel and he's wearing that jacket too. So yeah, we keep I, I have that. That jacket's going to be in everything. Cool. Yeah. That's your Indiana Jones hat? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you wrote that and you recorded it. It was mostly inspired by your footage. Right. But mostly, I'm saying, definitely. But, but you laid on the track, that you sent it to me. Yeah. And then what I did was I took the track and recut 
the film around your poem, mm. around your piece. Mm. Mm. Well, it was already, it's kind of time more for your... Right, but what I'm saying is that there were certain things tighter. that you didn't, you may not know at all. Uh-huh. I have this footage, I have that, oh, well, I this to be. So you wrote to mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. to him, and uh -huh. then you recut cut to, him. to him. And so what did you see, the final piece? Did it make more sense to you, or did it make more sense when you were writing to the already, to the original? He made it piece? better, tighter. Yeah. Vagabond made it better, tighter. A better. Well, I was, it was, I, I, it was I, I, more I, solid. Yeah. It was great. Oh, that's the whole idea. It's. I was hoping for that's what we do in collaboration, absolutely. Yeah. And then the music, the music was well, like, for Christ's sake, that's fucking Arvo Part, man. He's Arvo Part, bro. I don't know. You know what <sighs> happened was Emily got Sirius XM, right? She got Sirius, and so like, I was listening to Sirius. I went on this like tear for listening to Sirius, and I would listen to all these different channels of music, and I got bored listening to the same old stuff. So that I would go to the classical station and I would, and I was trying to get into classical music and I'm still trying to get into classical because it's just, there's just too much. Haydn quartets, start. It's just. Haydn. Who? Haydn. Haydn? That's the guy. H-A-Y. H-A-Y? D-E-N? Gotta get him into him. D-N? I gotta get into him first? Is that what you're saying? Very nice, very simple, very good. Uh, sounds kind of like Beethoven Cortez. Well, I, I I was listening to the classical station and Arvo Park came on, and I was like, whoa! And it was a, it was a song called it was a track that he had written called Tabula Rasa, and I was like, oh, this is dope! This is so so dope! And I had no clue who Arvo Park was. Then I come to find out that he's an Estonian composer, and he writes the dopest shit you could possibly imagine. And so I, I used it in Sacred and Profane Faceless Jacks. And that's when I changed the name. Oh, okay. Joseph Hayden. 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 I think Moe's talked about him before. Um, his nickname was Papa. We're looking it on Google now. Franz Josef Haydn was an Austrian composer of the classical period. He was instrumental in the development of chamber music, such as the piano trio, which you can totally get into. That'd be very, very good. His contributions to the musical form have earned him the epithets Father of the Symphony, 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 and Father of the String Quartet. So I enjoy his string quartets quite a bit. Well, I just got through watching a documentary Arvo Park called That Park Feeling. Man, that was just mind-boggling. Did it include his, like, he's got the symphony for like 80 cellos or some kind of crazy thing, which do these cascading uh, note arrangements. It was really, it's it's, like, it's really not at all about his life. This mm. is a really weird documentary. It's I'm not at all about, about his life. It's all about his music. Yeah, I'm but just talking they about didn't music. talk about, they didn't do that because they, they show him working with uh, uh, eight cellos. He had written a piece okay, of eight go. cellos. There you go. That kind of stuff. Uh, and so he's working with them. And then they show people teaching Arvo part, like how to play it. And it's really weird because it's like people are like, look, the music is not that hard to play. 
it's not about how hard the music is to play, but how you play the music. Yeah. What's hard is how you play it. Like, how long do you hold this note? And, you know, how hard do you hit in it? How hard do you come in? You know, how long do you sustain it? All that. It's just, it was just, and you can hear the differences. That was the beautiful part. So, like, you know, a student would be playing something on the piano and the teacher would say, yeah, but at that last note, just hold it. Hold it, cool. you know what I mean. And you'd hold, and you'd hold, and you'd be like, "Oh wow, it's just a totally different thing." You know what I mean? And it's like, "Oh, when you're coming in, when you first start, your attack is too hard. You gotta be more gentle." You know about uh, Yorgi Ligeti and uh, uh, Giannis Zanakis? No, uh-huh. I don't know shit about uh-huh. classical music. Um, these guys are pretty fantastic, man. You remember the um, 2001 with the monolith? When you see the monolith, yeah, there's yeah, this yeah. chorus that comes yeah. up. Well, who wrote that? I don't know. It's uh, Ligeti. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. So check his his workout. It's fantastic. Beautiful, phenomenal stuff. Just makes you feel like you're witnessing the phenomenon, you know. Just like Arvo Part, man. Yeah, Arvo Part, man. That music just hit for Sacred and Profane Faces. But I changed the title based on your poem. Cheers. Thanks. Because you were like, oh, I got this piece. It's called Faceless Jacks. And I was like, okay. Let's call it sacred and profane faceless jacks. Yeah. Because at that time I was still gonna do like a bunch of different but Omar had written a piece. Yeah. And we had recorded it, but yeah. I didn't know anything about recording audio, so it sounds like shit. Oh no. But we should record the audio again. Yeah. I should do it with you, Joe. We should. And then in a nice dead room. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis get on, on the, the dead. Get them on a unit uni and get them like right about there. Yeah, sounds sweet. Um, there are actually you know presets for podcasting or whatever. Or male narrator, where you can actually yeah. just click that, and it's got a bit of a you know noise uh, control, extra noise control. We could do that here. Yeah. The audition lets you do that same thing. There you go. Just use Logic. I mean, Logic has a lot of stuff built in. Sure. Start stealing sound blankets. You start padding the room. <laughs> um, Stealing's good. Just make a tent. Something, <laughs> I don't know. You know, out of a blanket or whatever. So. But then when we finished the film, and it was completely done, I tossed it out to a few festivals thinking, there's no narrative. There is a narrative, but it's not a... It's, I call it an anti-narrative. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Na- No Way Home. Like somebody asked me about that. They were like, what does that mean, anti-narrative? Yesterday, remember? When we were at the IFP, yeah. guy was like, what what's do you an mean anti-narrative? by what's an anti-narrative? And I was like, it's a narrative, but it's it's like the barest, slimmest narrative. It's not like it's not that nothing happens. It's that something does happen, but that it's so simple. It's so ridiculously simple. So he was like, well. I said, so I was talking about No Way Home. And I was like, yeah, No Way Home has this weird anti-narrative. And he was like, what's the anti-? I was like, well, it's about three characters who come together and then split apart because the three characters have been looking for each other. And when they find each other, they think of themselves as being whole. And then when, they, when they're whole, they all think that they can go off in their own direction. And they all think that the other two are following them so the scene where you're talking about where the jeep where we pull over and all the three characters just walk away they 
that's the part where they all take off. Uh-huh. That's and all each of those characters when they walk away, they think the other two are behind them. Mm. So the the narrative is there are three characters that are looking for one another. They find each other and then they break apart. That's the narrative. <clears throat> so I'll go out on a limb and call the anti-narrative. There is an arc. Right. For the sacred and profane faceless jazz. Yes. And it does kind of begin up in the morning and it does kind of witness, but it witnesses day and night alternating. Yeah. But at the end, and, and, and it goes up, it's these philosophical points and we're looking at the city, at civilization, and then comparing it to, you know, the raw beauty of this, the, the earth itself. And at the end, you know, you slip off, you know, the deepest slope that there is down the sand into the sun. You know, and then that's it. You sunset. That yeah. sunsets the whole thing. You're like, but then, oh. but then, but, and the sunset is the last thing. But the, the 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 thing for me that says the end, and the thing that I really loved about what you had written was Omar's walking through yeah. the largest. What is it? The largest gift shop in the world, right? Walking through oh, the parking lot. In the largest oh, gift shit. shop in the world, yeah. right? <laughs> and it's like this really wide shot where we see the largest gift shop in the world, the sign, and you're walking through the parking lot and you say, don't walk towards the light or something like that. Take oh, yeah. the dark corner. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is just perfect. Yeah. That's... To me, that's, that's the, the scare. That's the garish light. That's the scary artificial garish light. Right. You know, that's the. Yeah, that's not. That's like the commerce and the the glitter of the gold coins. Right. And the funerals. The fun, you know what's really cool about that? I'm realizing that a lot of these pieces you could play just the audio. Without the images. You Actually, could play yeah. the. You could play the audio without the images. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could play it. Just the music and and the, and and it the, would all make sense the same. It would kind of, you know. I thought about that like like um, with some of the other stuff that we've done, but yeah. we'll we'll get to that later. But the secret and profane, we send it out to a few festivals and then they didn't like it. No, oh. we were shocked. It was like it oh, started. Wait, did it win? It won. It started. It, it won like. Two awards oh or three God, awards yeah, or some right. shit like that. I, don't know. <laughs> I think it was two awards we won. Yeah. And we were like a finalist in something else. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like eating it up. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then when, and here's the funny part. So I did Machetero. And after Machetero, I had to like, Machetero was so heavy and yeah. so political that I was like, fuck, I need to like, I need to exercise some of this shit. And that's when we went out and did No Way Home. Home. And No Way Home was like, ah, it was like, you know, liberating, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so liberating that I was like, I'm not sending this to festivals. No Way Home is not going to any festivals. Nobody's going to get this shit. Mm. Nobody's going to like it. Mm. Nobody's going to accept it. So I don't send it. But then... You know, I come back from Sacred and Profane, and we do, and it winds up becoming Sacred and Profane, mm-hmm. Faceless Jacks, and I go, 
through. I send it out to a few, and it starts getting some play. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to send out No Way Home. I'm going mm-hmm. to make this, is, this mm-hmm. if this flies, mm-hmm. No Way Home's got to mm-hmm. fly, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, at the same time, so I start sending out this film that's like five years old. It was two, We made that in 2010. It's like 2017, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. It's about six or seven years old. I start sending it out, and it starts. It, it won two awards. There you go. And I was like, "Holy what shit, is man!" I was like, "I think like with it was like within like a three or four month period." No way home won two awards. Sacred and profane won two awards, and I was just like, "What the fuck is the, happening to the world? Am I becoming a sellout? Is everybody just getting my shit all of a sudden?" I was it made like, you scared. It made me scared. Fuck that, man. <laughs> fucking go boldly forth, man, into outer space and fucking send back home the commentary, bro. I did. You know, just go boldly forth. But Sacred Profane, Profane was really good. It was really, really good. We had a, a great fucking time. Um, Dark. We keeping that? Yes. Okay. So that's yes. all the dirt. That is Cha-Cha opened, Cha-Cha opened the door before. Yes, I, that, I saw her and happened. I was trying to tell you close the door. Oh, you're trying to tell me? Oh. It's coming. No, that's all coming that's out. That's the door closed? That's all coming out. Yeah. That's not saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll fix that in post. I'll, 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 pick, I'll take it back. <laughs> Sacred and Profane was a really good film. Sure and we was. did well with it. It sure was. It's such a pleasure. We did really well. amazing. Uh, and people, I mean, I looked know, at Omar... <laughs> I didn't know you. It's so bizarre. I mean, you're just this character, a light character, a character walking through. You're every man, you know, you're the observer, this careful observer. And you have an expression on your face, too, that is like the observer as well. And it was just, it was cool. And I was watching it all kind of through you. And maybe you were thinking of a poem yourself in your mind as you're looking at all that. And I pretended I was speaking that poem that you were thinking. You know, that's how it, it was like, that was my imagination. How it was going, and it's just super cool to like. I, I mean, I would have to gladly shared uh, that whole thing with your original project. I was ready for that too, you know. And I, you know, and I offered to, you know, say something in Spanish too. And you're like, oh no, no, we got enough Spanish, you know. Yeah, because Omar was doing his in Spanish. Oh my god. You know, or some of it, right? Some of it, or all of it, or I something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. It's but that's great. amazing because the whole time I'm like, before every oh. take, what am I doing? Oh, you're just walking. What am I thinking about? Whatever. Just walk. <laughs> so if I had this look of, like, the observer, I'm just wondering, like, what am I doing? I know, I know, but it was great. And then it's so fantastic working with you because then I meet the people after I've been staring at them for hours. I've been staring at your fucking face for That's hours. crazy. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. You know, writing your love letters and all that shit. <laughs> and then I meet him and it's like, what? That's but so the, crazy, so, But the funny thing here is that there are moments... In, so I don't the way that I try to work is I try to create the perfection for me is having everything having an environment no no that's right creating an environment and then after a, that a there's space. no more I'm not looking for perfection anymore after that I'm looking for mistakes I'm looking for things to surprise me so what I mean by having everything is camera Oh, okay. Charged batteries. Yeah, sure. You know, sure, sure. a beautiful location. Yeah. Enough people to, like, get things done Fill correctly. Right. You know what I mean? Like, somebody who knows what they're doing in front of the camera, right? So when you're asking me, like, 
what, what do you want me to do in this? I'm like, just walk. You're just, you're just walking. You know what I mean? You're walking. And the beautiful thing is that the there's a lot of... applies meaning to that. The viewer just automatically applies meaning. Right. There's a gap. You could be thinking about tic-tac-toe. And it just, but it looks like super heavy moment. But the but funny thing is, there's Argo part over you, and you're like, hey. but there, there's a lot of things that Omar's doing where he's reacting to his yeah. environment. Yeah. Like when he's walking up, there's a shot of you um, in Valley of Fire, and you're walking across some rocks, mm-hmm. and you're coming towards camera and coming down. Mm-hmm. And it's like the way that your body is moving because of the rocks. That you're because of the ground that you're walking on, which is completely uneven, and everything it's just it's fantastic. Well, the sand moves beneath and the, the sand, boots. Then the other scene when you're coming down in the really, really soft, yeah, that soft stuff, that soft red sand, you that, know, that's and good. it's like it's stuff like that. That's it's, like you don't act that, you just walk. well, that's funny because I, I remember that, and I, I we did that a couple of times, and there's one take. That I'm sort of exaggerating the, the really? movement, yeah. And Sam's like, that looked a little too exaggerated, uh-huh. and I think that's the take you ended up yeah. using because it oh. looked better than yeah. Any. Oh, but the exaggerated yeah. take was the one. Yeah. Oh, it was. But but so, so, you're so there walking. was a little acting. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing the thing was that it, it was it wasn't much, but it was like you pushed the sand harder mm. to. To make it fall hard, yeah, yeah. More, a little more dramatic. Because when you came down, it was people. I thought it's a weird thing because this is this is stuff that you don't really think about, right? This no, is but stuff this that is you're fascinating like, shit, though. This, yeah, but this is the stuff that you don't. This is stuff that's like intuitive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For me, as a director, I see you coming down, and it's like the sand is making this these certain moves when you're coming down, right? And I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if we shoot that, it needs to be more dramatic because I think if we don't make it more dramatic, then people are going to be like, eh, you know. Not, you don't want to seem tiptoeing down the hill. No, but he wasn't tiptoeing. He was yeah. just walking naturally, but the sand wasn't kicking up and falling in a really dramatic way. It was fall- like there was potential for drama, but it wasn't enough. That's why I was like, really push it. And then Sam was like, that looks ridiculous. But on camera, looks fantastic. It looks, it's on the money, it's it's there, wow. you know. But and then there were other times when, like, especially when you were walking in the city, and you were remember when we were walking through that what the is mall? it that, that mall area? But the whole city's a mall. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that whole thing with the projection on the yeah, roof. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. But when you're walking through there and people are oblivious, here's yeah. the really weird part. We're shooting with a camera, and we're shooting you. And it's not like there's like me, Joe, Jeff, Sam, you're on camera. So there's four of us, and you on camera. And we're walking around, and it's not a small thing. The red was just not a small thing, right? And I was thinking for sure... I was like, this is this is gonna end in tears. This we're gonna get busted, we're gonna get something, right? Dude, people ignored us like there was no tomorrow. To the point where Omar, you're walking through crowds of people and people are like getting in your way and bumping you, mm-hmm. and you're literally having to put them like out of the way to get by. 
there's a scene where this girl is like drunk and she's like flailing all over the place and she flails right in front of you and you literally have to like gently put your hand on her back to like hey I'm over here and walk by and to me it was those things that that's kind of what we wanted, right? That's exactly what we wanted. We didn't want the path to be right. clear for no, us. No, no. And that was the thing. That was what made it difficult for Jeff, because Jeff has got to, like, mm-hmm. maneuver if, through people. But if you had tied a slot machine to Jeff instead... <laughs> <laughs> you would have gotten all and over ATM. And would have been, like, free pork. Or a giant <laughs> hot dog. Yeah. Did you eat the giant hot dog over there no. when you were invasive? What the hell would that but there were a lot of things. <laughs> they have like a seven tortilla burrito. That's what? it's just. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there were things that like I didn't give you direction. But because I just wanted things to happen. Yeah. I'm waiting for those mistakes. Like when she bumps into you, that's the beautiful mistake that we're looking for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the beautiful mistake that we're waiting to happen. You know, and you're cutting through the crowd and. Every once in a while, like once in a blue, somebody will look at you and then look at the camera and look directly right down the lens. And I think I kept one of those shots because I wanted that. I wanted people to, I wanted to break that fourth wall for a moment. But there weren't that many moments like that. You know, there just weren't that many moments like that. It's like an Attenborough show where you wade through the mob of birds and they're feeding and they're going through their thing. <laughs> right? Oh my so, God. so we should just get Richard Attenborough to do a voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the Las Vegas tourists <laughs> at the it, mall. Yeah. You know? But yeah, there was, all there. there's a lot of stuff that's going on with you that's just you don't want to you, you, you can't direct it. You just got to let it flow. You know what I mean? But the thing, the thing, and that's the thing about you is that I can tell you, don't worry about it. Just do it. And you just do it. You know what I mean? That, and that sounds like it's like a... Uh, that's partly a trust thing. And I mean, that's... Yeah. That's not something you have with everybody. You know what I mean? No. That's, that's but it's also thing. something, it's also something that you have to, that doesn't sound like much. Like if I say to somebody, hey, just keep walking. Just walk. Don't worry about it. What am I thinking about? What am I doing? What's my motivation? Your motivation is to fucking walk. If you go you know to acting I mean? school, yeah, you're going to need the bunch of the cues right. and everything. But the thing know. with Omar is like, I'm just do your thing, bro. Go. And he goes, right? And then he does his thing without... And then what happens is I've given him space and he's taking the space and yeah. doing something with it. You know what I mean? But you got to give people space. You can't... I don't know. What, what, what would I... How would you direct? Oh, I don't know. What would... How would... You just let it happen. You know what I mean? Just let it happen. You know, I think that a lot of people want to have all of that control. So it's like, I need you to walk from here to here and I can't you have you... You know, I can't well, have you... Well, for me, it's like... My my thoughts during those moments were just like, yeah, I hope he's getting something out of this because I wouldn't want to just be doing it and then you can't even put words to it no no, it won't no. Go away. that's what's going on in my head if you're like okay so i guess that's what he's talking about if you trust me enough to yeah give me the space that i need then i have to trust you yeah but we got we got we we know each other what like 29 years something yeah. like that 28 years or something like that like and most of those years going on shooting whatever fucking stupid shit yeah <laughs> 
in most of those years. Whether we ever watched it or not. Yeah. <laughs> um, we only recently started editing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have like fucking a hundred hours of well, footage Jeffrey, from El Salvador. <laughs> oh, okay. With Jeffrey, you just get loads of beautiful cinematography. Yes, we get, we get great stuff. He just, you know, um, and he is careful, and he just, he's, he's careful about his equipment. Yeah, but Jeff is, but Jeff, he's but the thing fully is, fully conscious, like. I work better now with Jeff than I did before. Really? Because Jeff was also looking for direction. Oh. And I would be like, no, man, just let it happen. You know what I mean? Like, just let it happen. I think that people, that's what I mean. People want control, right? Like, they want to be in a situation in which they think of directing as like, I need to be in control. Right. Well, it's also when you guys started working together, it was more like on sixteen, right? So it's like okay, we right. can let it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't. Yeah, yeah. You film. couldn't. You couldn't. It was like it was sixteen millimeter. It was it was like hundred foot rolls. It was. You can let it happen with two hundred forty gigs. Yeah, you can let anything happen. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting four K at two hundred forty yeah. gigs. Yeah, but you couldn't. No, two minutes with on sixteen millimeter. Um, and no. that's that's Jeff's school, right? Yeah. That's where he comes from. Yeah, but the other thing too is that because like I remember when Jeff and I shot Machetero, we bucked heads a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm really heavily influenced by silent film. So for me, I like things. I like if we're gonna and <laughs> Jeff's nickname was is is Sticks, right? Because he always wants to do everything on tripod. Hmm. And if we're on the tripod, then I want to be on the tripod. So like I'm like, I want to be flat on, mm-hmm. with everything happening sort of balanced or in the middle. Uh, sort of like a Ray Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin early film silent film sort of you know, stage sort of frame, framing. And Jeff's no. always like, no, we got to go at an angle. And Jeff would always, so I would be like, okay, we need to be straight on. And Jeff would be like, no, we got to go 45 degrees. This is boring, that's that. And we would do, this was like an ongoing thing with me and Jeff, right? And I think you're right. When we get to digital, things completely change. Yeah. They, they do change. Because you can try things. Yeah. The point is you have enough time right. to try. Yeah. 60 millimeter, bro, you got to get it. <laughs> yeah. But the thing too is that, again... I think that people want, when they think of the director, they want to control the situation. They want to get in and they want to direct, direct. And for me, directing is not, that's not what directing is for me. You know what I mean? Directing for me is like, I have an idea of what I want. I create a situation in which that can, those ideas have an opportunity to present themselves. And then I wait for something to happen. You know, you just kind of like, you got to be open. I think that's why I like working with you, you know. I mean, because your whole team is super tight. Super, yeah. super cooperative. And you create this environment. And whoever is in front of the camera just is in that environment. You can't help but just make that film happen. Yeah. Does that, say, does that make sense? <laughs> no, no, it, it makes sense. Because, what you know... The other thing, too, is that I want people to have room to bring something to it themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, 
I don't want to lord over everything. So if you've got ideas that are going to make it work, then great. Fuck it. Let's try that then. You know what I mean? The only time I'll veto an idea is if it's... I have an idea of where we're supposed to end up. Yeah. It's a general idea. Yeah. It's not a very specific idea. Yeah. But if I feel like somebody's bringing something <clears throat> to it that's going to take us way off track... Ooh. Then I'll just go. Whoa, 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 we gotta, we gotta. No, this is where we're ending up. And then people, yes. oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, we want to end up there. Okay, okay, blah blah blah. And that's my job, I think, as a director, to have a vague idea as to where we're supposed to end up. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great. You know? that's great. <laughs> and then, and for people to go, oh, I, I got an idea of how we can get there. Oh, really? Let's let's try that then. You know what I mean? Or people go. I got an idea how we can get somewhere else. And you're like, uh, I don't know if we no. want to go somewhere else. No. You know what I mean? We've got to go here. Here's where we got to well, be. He's the director. He's got the idea. Yeah, okay. but there are times when it's just completely... There, I'm not against when somebody yeah. says to me, let's go to this other place. And I'm like, oh, wait, that sounds way more fucking interesting. Let's go do that. You know? All right, we're a little over an hour. You want to take a break? Um, yeah, I'm starting to think about Socrates. Yeah. That's good, but sacred and profane. That's that was a story with sacred and profane. That was essentially that's a rap, is it? Yeah, that was a that was a story with sacred and profane, and that's that was our first time working together. 